0: We welcome into the program from Fognet.com at Kansas 247 Sports, Michael Swain. Michael, good morning. How are you?
1: Doing well, excited. Now we're finally in uh, off-season mode, so it should be a, a fun few months.
0: I, I was going to say, have you had a chance to kind of uh, decompress and, and, and take it all in after the uh, the national championship?
1: Well, I'll be honest, this is probably my week two decompress. You know, last week is just so hectic getting back from New Orleans. They have, the football team has their spring game on Saturday, so this is kind of my week to recalibrate and kind of get back into the flow of just a normal schedule where I'm not on the road 24-7.
0: So this is, uh, this, you mentioned it, Saturday is the uh, the blue and white game. Talk a little bit about what uh, Lance Leopold and his staff try to get done in this in this spring game.
1: Oh, it, you know, it, it's not very serious at all. It's just a practice, basically. Um, the thing that Lance talks about is, this being their first spring, right? Cause he came in about this time last year and they didn't have many practices. And so they need every practice they can get to kind of get the scheme, get timing down and all that stuff. So basically instead of doing like a traditional spring game where they line and run up on either side, um, they basically did a practice and then did kind of a, you know, whatever, an hour and a half of kind of practice stuff. And then about 30, 45 minutes of actual scrimmaging. So It was one of those things where I don't know if you could take a whole lot from it. There were some good performers from it, um, but it's not something where you could put a ton of stock into it because, I mean, you talk to any coach on the the staff, and they'll tell you that they went pretty vanilla with it, and we're just trying not to get anybody hurt. So it's one of those things where it's really good for them to be able to practice again and good for the fans to be able to get out and see everything, but you can't really learn a whole lot from it.
0: What is the senior leadership on this team going to look like?
1: Not a lot. Um, This is still one of the youngest rosters in Power 5 football. Um, I think that you look at the leadership core of this group, and it's going to be actually some of the younger guys, right? Devin Neal is a Lawrence native. Um, He'll be a sophomore this year. Jalen Daniels is now a junior. He'll be the quarterback. Um, He's someone that's been around the program for a few years now, but the leadership is going to come from, I think, some of those players rather than maybe some of those seniors that you traditionally think. Just because KU only has, I want to say, eight or nine super seniors, and so The way this staff does it, they focus a lot on, you know, uh, they basically count your COVID years. So the super seniors are your seniors. Those are the guys that are expected to leave, um, and there are only like eight or nine of them. So really the leadership comes from almost kind of the best players, which are on the younger side, which I think is a positive for KU.
0: And you mentioned Daniels there. What has his development been like? I, I know that he was behind the the scenes when Jason Bean was there. Jason Bean's gone, and he showed flashes last year of what he's capable of doing. How has he developed, and what can he bring to the table this year as the the head man, the, the corporate, as corporate, uh, quarterback one?
1: Yeah, so actually Jason Bean still has a year left, um, or maybe two years left even. Um, so he's still around. We'll see what happens with him positionally. But Jalen, last year, the, the talk was that, He was going to win the quarterback job. And then he gets hurt during fall camp. And then Jason Bean ends up getting it. And so behind the scenes, it sounded like Jalen played really well. And then when Bean got hurt towards the end of the season, they basically brought Jalen in. And that's when you saw kind of the late season explosion happen. And so I I think Jalen's a a pure kind of what Lance Leipold and his staff looks for at a quarterback, which is someone with a strong arm but is mobile. You know, they're not going to run a lot of like read option stuff with a quarterback, but they want you to be able to move and roll out and create different throwing angles and things outside the pocket. And that's what Jalen does. He's got a really good arm. Um, he's really mobile. Again, not someone that's going to go blow you away with a 4 5 40, but he's fast enough to where he can make things happen. And so this spring has been interesting because at the end of last season, he got kind of banged up. And so I guess they did something over the offseason. They've been very vague about it, um, so I can't really go too much in depth, just my own knowledge because I don't know. But basically they did something. And so for the first half of spring, he was basically – um, just doing kind of shell stuff where he wasn't doing 11-on-11. 11 11. So, it seems like his development, they've been pleased with it, which I think is a positive. But I think in terms of the reps he got during spring, maybe not as much as you would have
0: thought. You mentioned last year, uh, and it certainly, at least on paper, the, the gap closed as the season went along. They they lose big early in conference play, but late in conference play. They, they get a win in Austin over Texas. They lose by three at TCU, lose by six to West Virginia. Do they take that late season success, if you will, and, and move it into the spring and, and on into fall?
1: 100%. The coaching staff has talked a lot about that, how they felt like the team, again, they didn't have spring. So fall camp was their install. And so as the season went on, they were very, very pleased with how the guys adapted to what they're trying to do um, in all three phases of the game. And anytime Lance talks about last season, he'll talk about how they had a strong finish to the year. And I think that not only speaks to the players buying in on it and being willing to learn on the fly, but also I think the coaches and their ability to teach. That's something that at KU has not been the case in the past. It's been a lot of, you know, it depends on the staff, but there have been, you know, Lance you know, or sorry, Les Miles' staff was really good at recruiting, not great at teaching. David Beatty's staff wasn't really good at anything. And so you look at this staff, they're really, really good at teaching. And so that's got to be very encouraging looking at the way that they developed over the course of last season and then going into spring where you've got a full kind of off-season cycle to get through things. And then you add some of those new transfers into the mix. And now all of a sudden you're looking at a team that, are they going to win five, six games? No. But will they win three, four games and be competitive and a lot more? Yeah. And I think that's how you take this step forward and progress. I don't think it's going to change overnight, but I think this season is going to be one where I think you see a lot of that progress kind of come to the front forefront.
0: How much of the seven transfers going to help this football team right off the bat?
1: Oh, so much, so much. I think you look at the the transfers that left and the transfers that came in, the guys that left are all now at FCS schools, the guys they brought in are from power five schools. It's pretty insane what they're able to do in the transfer portal. So you look at someone like Craig young, for example, from Ohio state, he's the best athlete on the team, like bar none. And so he's going to go play linebacker. He's going to play on the field side. He's going to make a lot of plays. That's huge. You bring in two running backs, one Kai Thomas from Minnesota, one Sevion Morrison from Nebraska. Now you're going to see KU run the ball a ton and they're going to try and really limit the amount of possessions in a game to make sure the games are close. And now they have three former four-star recruits in their running back room. All right, you go to the back to defense. You got a defensive end in Lonnie Phelps from Miami, Ohio, who the the advanced numbers say is really good. We'll see kind of how that transition works out. You get Kaylon Gervin from Michigan State as safety, um, and that's not even you know they're still going to look to add another safety in the defensive end in the portal. So I think the transfer is going to be a, a huge part this fall.
0: So with that being said, when you look at the roster right now, what do you expect to be the strength of this team once we get rolling?
1: Um, on offense, running back for sure. That's second to none. Um, that group is going to be so talented. And Devin Neal had such a good season. They got banged up. And now you got someone in like Kai Thomas that was Minnesota's leading rusher last year. Um, those two are going to be kind of the two bell cow backs. And then you've got Sevian Morrison, who really produced for Nebraska, and the limited reps he was able to get. So those guys are going to be awesome. Uh, I think on defense, the linebacker group is going to be really good. I think you look last year, linebacker was maybe one of the biggest holes in the defense. And now you've got basically where you're starting Mike, linebacker, Rich Miller's back. But the guy that you've played as one of the other linebackers, Gavin Potter, he's now going to be a backup because, you know, Tywin Berryhill is a younger linebacker who has really progressed this offseason. And then you bring in Craig Young to play kind of that field side. And then you've got Eric Gilliard from UCF, who now is going to back up Rich Miller to make sure that Rich Miller isn't playing every single snap, which was the case. He played. I want to say, like in the ninety percent of snaps on defense, which is just insane. So I think, in general, the depth at linebacker is now super good, um, and then on offense, the depth at running back is really good as well.
0: Obviously, everybody knows the uh, the passion that uh, the KU fans, KU students, and, and the campus in general has for basketball. How do they how do they get that to transfer to, to the football field and the football stadium?
1: Put a competitive product on the field. It's been so long since a team has played in a lot of one score games and you could go to the stadium and think, Hey, we're actually going to watch some halfway decent football. They may not win, but it'll be fun to watch. And I think that's what you have to do. And I think you saw at the back end of last year where you beat Texas, then you have those competitive losses. And then this year it's going to be about, can you start two and one in your non-con play? And then can you get one, maybe two big 12 wins? And I think if you do that, then kind of that 2023 season is when I think you'll see things kind of take off. Cause again, like I mentioned earlier, only nine players are set to leave after this season. So you're basically going to get everybody back before that 2023 season as well. So I think for this year, it's all about just be competitive, show the fans that, hey, we're putting a good product on the field. This is competent football. And so I think that will do a lot of good because I think that KU fans are passionate about all sports. But basketball has the most success, which is going to draw more neutral fans. So for football, they've been so bad that even some of those passionate fans don't want to deal with it. So I think as time goes on, you know, you're know, you going to get more of those passionate fans come back. And then if you are competitive enough and win some games, then some of those casual fans will kind of come to Memorial Stadium and want to watch. So I think that's kind of the progression you're going to look at for, for the fan support.
0: And for it to get to that point, it all really starts with recruiting. And right now, when you look at this 2023 class that Kansas is trying to identify, who are some of the names that stand out to you?
1: Oh, man, there's so many. Um, it, so it's interesting because this staff is – Spent a lot of time recruiting in-state guys because past coaching staffs have not done that. They have basically said, let's go to Florida, let's go to Texas, and just go grab some guys and and be able to figure it out later. So this staff has spent a lot of time recruiting in-state. I don't know if it's going to pay off this cycle in 2023, but this is one of the best – in-state classes that kansas has ever had There are like about 15 guys that are right now ranked um and are kind of in that three-star range which is huge so they're going to try and recruit some in-state guys you know i don't think they're going to have a ton of success but you'll see them go down to florida get some defensive line and most likely um the question is how many guys can they take because again you're only losing nine or around there after this season so it's a question of how big will this high school class be uh, again this off season so um, in terms of names, I mean, I, genuinely, there are so many that I, I can't even begin to go through because I'd miss some, but um, I think you're going to see KU be more selective this class just because you've got so few spots to fill, but they've definitely put in the work with the local recruits, which I think is a huge, huge start because Kansas City has really turned into a, a huge, huge kind of, uh, not melting pot, but they've got so much talent in the Kansas City area, which, you know, you got to put in the effort, get in with the coaches, and then kind of build off that in future years.
0: Hey, Michael, what are, you, uh, what are you working on for uh, Fognet.com and Kansas 247
1: Sports? Yeah, definitely. Just post something on the title game. That's kind of the nice part now is we get to have national title game content kind of take us through the offseason, which should be fun. But that and some recruiting stuff, and then I'm uh, still going to work on some uh, spring football stuff for the next few weeks as well.
0: Man, man, we uh, we certainly do appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Have a great day.
1: Definitely. Thanks, you guys, too.
0: That is uh, Michael Swain from Kansas 247 Sports.